Hey friends, welcome back to the rest of the sermon, a weekly podcast where we take a deeper dive into the lessons I share with my congregation each and every week. This week we started a new series, a series in which we will walk through the book of Philippians. It's a series in which we will focus on a three-letter word, and that word is joy. As always, if you would like to see the sermon that precedes this podcast, you can find a link for that in the show notes. I hope that you will take a listen, and uh, I hope that you enjoy. This episode is going to be a little different than our usual episodes. It's probably going to be just a little bit shorter as well, because I want to talk about one thing in the midst uh, of everything that's happening in our world today, one thing that I think is so very important, and I think is often overlooked. And that one thing is doing a regular checkup on your own mental health. Where are you? How do you feel? Why do you feel the way that you feel? Do you recognize the levels of stress that you are under? This became uh, even more important to me this week uh, as I received news that uh, yet another one of my friends uh, had taken his own life. And uh, from conversations I've had with, with other friends, with his roommate, uh, it became pretty evident that uh, this was a result of, of two things. One, an ongoing diagnosis of bipolar. Uh, and two, uh, just the mounting stress of everything that's happening in the world. And so it seems like a good time as we transition to this new book from Malachi into Philippians. And we know a little bit uh, about Philippians, this idea that Paul is writing to this church in Philippi as he sits in a, joy, in a jail cell, and he talks about the joy that he experiences, the joy that he feels, in spite of all the trials and troubles. Next week, this, this coming Sunday sermon focuses on uh, the sufferings that we all endure, yet the joy that can come from those sufferings. And so I wanted to take just a few minutes this week to talk about the importance of recognizing those sufferings while we're in the moment. Recognizing those things that happen, those things that weigh on us, that pull us down. And being aware of just where you are. I know that uh, for myself, uh, this has been a struggle throughout my life. Uh, Mental health concerns, mental health needs uh, have been something that uh, I have wrestled with for a lot of years and in a lot of ways uh, drove me, pushed me to uh, become what I am today, be, be it a, as a pastor or as a therapist. And it's also allowed me to help to relate with other people, to understand where it is that they're coming from, understand the, the vastness of the experiences that they have, but also the depths to which they fall. And so as we begin to embark on this journey of joy, I think it's important that we first take an assessment of where we really are. And I can honestly say for me, uh, I am not (laughs) at a place uh, mentally where I would like to be. Uh, I'm a little down. I may be more than just a little down based on recent news and, and just feeling overwhelmed by everything that's happening in our world. You hear me say that a lot, everything that's happening in our world, and it's probably worth unpacking uh, that, you know, here we are four, four and a half, five months into a pandemic, 
Uh, and the reality is, as a country, we are worse off now than we were in March. Here we are. I am the husband of a school teacher who's trying to figure out how to bring kids safely back to school. I'm the parent of three school-aged children waiting to hear what the plan is going to be for re-entering school when, again, we are worse off now than we were when this started. And when this started, we closed schools down. And so there's a piece of me that wonders exactly what it is we're trying to do. In addition to that, I'm a pastor of a church who is working to bring people back into our building to have in-person services for the first time since the middle of March. But did I mention that we are worse off now as a country than we were when this all started? And so there's some conflict there for me. Uh, There's some mental stress there for me. Uh, In addition, you add to that just um, news of friends who aren't doing as well as they would like to be doing, people that I know who are unemployed because of everything that's happening. I mean, things have a ripple effect, right? And it's easy if we're not careful to lose sight of how much that ripple has affected each and every one of us. So what you're not going to hear me say throughout this series uh, and throughout uh, the stressors that we face, what you're not going to hear me say is, well, just go read the Bible. It'll make you feel better. Because I don't think that's genuine or honest. Instead, what you're going to hear me say and what you're going to hear me talk about is seeking God in the midst of your pain. I think what we will see from Paul, what we learn from Paul, is his ability to seek God throughout all of the suffering that he experienced. He had this mentality. He approached life in a way which said, the suffering is going to happen. And the greatest suffering that I can possibly face still doesn't compare to the joy of serving God. And it's it's that type of mentality, that type of attitude that I hope, I pray, I can live out in my own life, though I know I fail, I know I fall short of being able to live those words out. Regardless of the suffering I may experience, it does not compare to the joy of serving God. So then what do we do? What do we do when we're in the midst of that valley? The low times, the dark times, when it feels like the world is crashing in around us, it feels like uh, the sand walls just cave in as we try to claw our way out of the, 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 the hole that we've dug. I don't have a great answer. Short of, short of saying, always remember that you are never alone. You're never alone. For Paul, this was especially true. Not only did he have people that traveled with him like Timothy, like Silas. Uh, We even know that at one point Mark was traveling with him. Mark, the author of that gospel, Mark. He had folks literally with him, literally beside him as he was shipwrecked. He had people that were on the boat, I mean, literally there. But he also recognized that he was never alone because God was always with him as well. And so it's with that that I say that even in your darkest moments, even when you feel as though nothing could possibly get worse, we have to remember that we are not alone. We have to remember that there are those who are out there who are pulling for us, who are in our corner, 
who are ready, willing, and, and able to be there to listen. And so as we take an assessment of where we are, an honest assessment, an honest look at where we are, it's important that we let others know how we're doing. And when someone does that, when they come to you and they let you know how it is they're doing, it's important that you listen. It's important that you hear. It's important that you don't try to solve. Because for many of us, what we really want more than anything is just to know we're not alone. And so even that reminder of you're not alone in this can be so very valuable. So once we've done that, and then it strikes me that the next challenge becomes, then how do we find, how do we experience joy? This past Sunday, if you listened to the sermon, you heard um, a, a challenge that I gave uh, to think about what brings you joy and then to connect yourself with those things. For me so far this week, I went for uh, a hike, a walk out in nature and, and did a little video, shared it on the the church uh, Facebook page. I'm going to be doing another video tomorrow of something that brings me joy as well. So it's important to be able to identify what are those things that bring me joy in my life. And then to be intentional about after you've identified what those things are, being intentional then to go and to connect with joy, to do those things, to experience those feelings. Now, my own personal experience says that when I do those things, I don't automatically just feel joy, right? I mean, that's not how this works. The, the feelings that I might expect to get if I was in a, a better frame of mind are, are dampened, they're dulled even. But they still, they're still there. They still exist. And so it's important, if for no other reason, just to go through the motions to connect with those things that bring you joy. Once we experience joy, it's also then important to connect with what brings you purpose, what brings you meaning. As a therapist, this is something I often talk with clients about. Clients who come in feeling overwhelmed, feeling helpless or hopeless, the first place we start is, is by thinking about, praying about what it is that brings you meaning, what fulfills you as a person. Where do you see God acting, interacting with others through you, acting in your own life? And once you're able to identify that, then again, it becomes important to connect with that. Those things that bring you meaning and purpose to then go and do. To reclaim that divinely created being that was made with purpose in mind. Again, this may be uh, a little bit different from what you have uh, grown accustomed to hearing here or on this podcast, but I do think it's important as we begin to approach a book where we are going to be focused on that three-letter word, joy. It's important that we recognize where each and every one of us are in that spectrum, on that spectrum of, of emotion, of feeling. And then we recognize that we don't always feel that three-letter word. We don't always feel joy. We don't always feel joy-filled or joyful. But there are ways to reclaim it. So as we continue through this book, 
As we continue to listen to Paul and his journeys as he writes back to this church that's in Philippi that undoubtedly uh, he looks at it as one of the, you know, maybe the highest regard of any of the churches he was a part of planting. That story of how it got planted is interesting too. That's in the sermon. I hope you'll listen. But as we walk through this story of a church that he's proud of, a church that he says, essentially, you guys get it. You're doing it right. He has some ad, ad, admonitions in the, begin, in the end, I mean, of the, of the book. But for the most part, it's, it's him connecting again with this group of people saying, don't worry about me. Yes, things have been hard, and I know things have probably been hard for you too, but man, I serve God, and nothing can be better than that. And the same is true for you. As we again uh, continue to walk through that book and hear that message, and maybe in a very appropriate time in our world, I hope that you will continue to join us as we look at, as we listen, and as we explore the rest of the sermon. As always, if you have any feedback, uh, any comments that you'd like to send me, you can send those to the rest of the sermon at gmail.com. Again, that's the rest of the sermon at gmail.com. I hope all of you are doing well. I hope that you are able to connect with what brings you joy and you're able to identify with what brings you meaning and purpose and you can connect with that as well. In the coming weeks, as we discover and explore, no matter how bad the suffering is, nothing compares to the joy of serving God. I hope that you will continue to walk with us on this journey. Until then, until next time, God bless.